If you like scary stories and you want to support the show, buy some of my books. I have a whole slew of them, and most of them are just 99 cents. Go to maniacontheloose.com slash books. Again, this is a great way to support the show. That's maniacontheloose.com slash books. If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. <laughs> Please subscribe to the show on whatever platform you listen on. If you enjoy the show, please tell a friend or two or three or a thousand. In this episode, strange happenings on a rooftop, a creepy snowman, and a porch pirate who gets more than he bargained for. Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times, and enjoy the ride. Rooftop It was September 1st and happened to be the first day of my new job. I was hired to work in the IT department of a 10-story office building. I would be part of the Level 1 support team. My main duties would be resetting passwords for employees and helping to talk them through any issues they had that could be easily rectified. When things required in-person assistance, I'd escalate the call to the Level 2 support team. It was something I knew I'd get the hang of quickly, and if I did a good job, I was assured that there was plenty of room for promotions, so I was pretty excited. When I entered the building that first day of work, there was a buzz in the air. A lot of employees were milling around and chatting. They seemed anxious, as if they were expecting something exciting to happen and were getting antsy. Being the new guy, I didn't feel comfortable asking what the hubbub was about. I was more focused on having a productive first day at work. I was assigned to an experienced level 1 support technician. For the first week, I would just listen in on their calls. The second week, I would take the calls myself and they would be there to help me if I had any issues and the third week, I'd be on my own. The person I was assigned to was named Kathy. She was a cute, petite, bubbly gal in her early 30s, which made her approximately 10 years older than me. She was quite knowledgeable about the job, and I was learning a lot while listening in on her calls. I sensed an underlying restlessness about her and noticed that she was constantly shaking her legs, tapping her foot, and kept checking her wristwatch for the time. She was on a call with an employee whose keyboard wasn't working right. Kathy had walked him through several different steps to remedy the issue. She had him make sure the keyboard was plugged in, then she had him unplug the keyboard and plug it back in. Those things didn't work, so she was in the process of telling him to reboot his computer to see if that would fix the issue, when the man seemed to get very enthusiastic. Oh my gosh, it's noon! I'll, I'll call you back after lunch! 
The employee hung up abruptly, and before I could even inquire as to why he seemed so animated, Kathy had sprung from her chair and was darting toward the office door. Just as she reached the doorway, she paused and waved for me to go with her. Come on! You don't want to miss this! Where are we going? To the rooftop! She hurried out the door and sprinted through a maze of cubicles. I had to jog just to keep her in sight. I saw her disappear into a stairwell and had to break out into a full dash to gain ground on her. When I bolted through the stairwell door, I could hear Kathy's footsteps a few flights up from me, so I gave chase. I was completely out of breath when I finally reached the rooftop door. I wiped beads of sweat from my brow, took a deep breath, and pushed the rooftop door open. The rooftop was full of office employees. They were staring at me when I stepped through the door. Every single one of them seemed tense, eager, and charged. When they saw me step out onto the rooftop, their anxious expressions turned to disappointment. Most of them let out an audible groan and their bodies slumped. That's just the new guy. I spotted Kathy in the middle of the group. She called me over. Shut the door and get over here, hurry! As I rushed toward Kathy, I got a better layout of the audience on the rooftop. There must have been a hundred people up there. They had gathered on one side of the roof and were all fixated on the rooftop door. Some of them had their cell phones out and were recording. I took a spot next to Kathy. As I turned and fixed my gaze on the rooftop door, I whispered to her, What's going on? Shh! Just watch! I did as instructed. It was only a few minutes later when the metal knob of the rooftop door started to jiggle. A hush came over the crowd, and I could physically feel the anticipation. A few people gasped as the door flung open. Standing in the doorway was a young woman. She appeared to be in her early 20s. She was wearing a long, gray skirt and a white blouse. She was pale and had dark circles under her eyes. Her hair was chestnut brown and ragged. It was hanging over her face, shielding the majority of her features, except for her eyes, which were open wide. There was obvious sadness behind them, but also a determination. Everyone froze as the woman took a few steps onto the rooftop. She was staring straight ahead. Although her gaze was in the direction of the crowd, she seemed to be staring out at nothing. After a moment, she turned and lethargically meandered to the empty section of the roof. She stopped when she reached the edge and looked up at the sky. It took me a few seconds to realize that she intended to jump. I couldn't believe all these people were just going to stand idly by and watch as this poor soul jumped to her death. I ran toward the young woman and called out for her to stop, but she didn't listen. She stepped off the edge and dropped out of sight. I let out a scream as I ran to the edge and looked down, knowing I was going to see the grisly sight of this woman splattered on the pavement below. But to my shock, she wasn't there. 
There was no sign of her at all. She was just... gone. I slowly turned and looked back at the crowd. They all appeared giddy with fascination and wonder as they conversed and interacted enthusiastically. What the hell was going on? I yelled out, Where is she? Where did she go? Some of the people on the rooftop chuckled at my reaction. Most ignored me, and then I felt a hand on my shoulder. I turned to see Kathy. She was smiling sincerely, and I could see empathy toward me in her eyes. You picked a hell of a day to start work here. I wanted to let you in on it, but everyone convinced me that we should just let you witness it without warning. Not many people get that experience. Most have at least a hint of what's going to happen before they see it. I was still confused as hell. See what? What the hell just happened? That was Gloria Bagwell. She worked in this building back in the 80s. On September 1st, 1987, on her lunch break, she came up to the rooftop, walked to the edge, and stepped off. Every September 1st, shortly after noon, anyone who is standing on the rooftop of this building can observe the ghost of Gloria Bagwell reenact her suicide. Frosty. I'm a nurse and I work at a hospital. Recently, an elderly lady was brought in. She fell in the shower, shattered her hip, and broke her femur, also known as the thigh bone. Her surgery went well, but she was going to be in the hospital for several days. Not surprisingly, she was in a great deal of pain after the surgery and was administered a heavy dose of pain medication. Her daughter had stayed with her most of the day and evening. She waved goodbye when she left at approximately 6 o'clock p.m. About 15 minutes after her daughter left, I noticed a plump old man enter the elderly woman's room. He was dressed in a black suit and walked with an unusual twisted wood cane. His face was extremely weathered like worn wrinkled leather. His eyes were dark, and I got an uneasy feeling when we locked eyes for a split second. He was carrying something white under his arm, but I couldn't make out what it was. It was about ten minutes later, as I made my rounds, that I witnessed the old man in black exit the elderly patient's room and head toward the elevators. People get different visitors all the time, and we don't check them in. They can come and go as they please so I didn't think much about it until the next day when the elderly patient's daughter returned. The daughter wasn't there long when a nurse was requested to the room. I entered the room and asked what I could do for them. The daughter motioned across the room to a Frosty the Snowman decoration sitting on a table across from the elderly woman's bed. The snowman was about three feet tall. It appeared to have a wire-framed body that was covered in a thin layer of plush fabric. 
Frosty was decked out in traditional snowman garb, a black top hat, fake carrot nose, corn cob pipe, and a stick-like mouth curled into a grin. It had two plastic twigs for arms, and had a series of black buttons down the front of its body. The center of Frosty was lit up. The colors changed every ten seconds from green, to red, to purple, to blue. It was very cute and really did brighten up the rather bland hospital room. The daughter inquired as to where Frosty came from. I shrugged and told her that was the first time I saw it, so I had no idea. She asked if anyone else had visited her mother other than her. That's when I remembered the plump old man in black from the night before. I explained to the daughter how I saw him enter the mother's room and that he wasn't in there for more than ten minutes. The daughter questioned her mother about the strange man's visitation, but the elderly woman said she fell asleep immediately after her daughter left and she never saw the old gentleman I spoke of. I told them that I didn't think it was anything to be concerned about. The strange old man may have visited the wrong room, or perhaps he was a pastor who stopped by to give prayers. And there was always the possibility that he was just a well-wisher dropping off gifts for new patients. That happens sometimes. The next day, the elderly patient pressed the nurse button requesting assistance. When I walked in to check on her, she was holding a terrified expression and was pointing at Frosty. It moved! I looked over at the snowman and it appeared to be in the same position that I saw it in the day before. I asked the elderly woman if she was sure and she nodded profusely. It stepped toward me. The elderly woman barely finished her sentence before her eyelids fell shut and she drifted into a deep sleep. The fact that she was so heavily medicated made me assume that she was seeing things. I doubted she would even remember any of this the next day. I worked the late shift that night. It was after 2 o'clock a.m. when I decided to check on the elderly woman to see how she was doing. But then I noticed that Frosty was on the opposite side of the table that it was on the last time I was in there. The elderly woman was unable to walk, so her getting up and moving Frosty was out of the question. I asked the other nurses on duty if any of them had moved Frosty. They all said no. I brushed it off. So many hospital employees go into the patient's rooms. Surely someone just thought Frosty was cute, picked him up to look at him closer, and then set him down in a different spot. I mean, that was obviously what happened. I finished the rest of my shift and decided to pop my head in to check on the elderly woman one more time before I headed home. The woman was sound asleep. I was curious to see if Frosty was still in the same spot as I last saw him in, and was surprised to see that he was gone. I stepped into the room and rounded the woman's bed. On the floor next to the head of the woman's bed was Frosty. Someone had to be messing with me. I picked the snowman up, placed it back on the table, and headed home. The next day, just as I started my shift, I heard the elderly woman screaming. I sprinted to the room and opened the door. The elderly woman was clutching at her chest and screaming, HELP ME! Frosty was on the foot of her bed, facing her. I picked up Frosty and did my best to calm the elderly woman down. It wasn't until I took Frosty out of the room that she finally started to relax.
I'm sure whoever put it there had good intentions and didn't realize that the woman had recently been freaked out by Frosty, but still, if I found out who did it, heads were going to roll. I asked around and nobody admitted to knowing a thing. I kept Frosty at the nurse's station after that. It garnered a lot of attention, most people loved it. I did notice that it was always in a different position every time I saw it. But again, so many people were noticing it, I assumed they were just moving it around. The next day, just as I arrived to work, the elderly woman's daughter rushed to the nurse's station, demanding to know where her mother was. One of the other nurses said she saw the woman less than an hour ago, stating that she was asleep in her bed. The woman was not scheduled to be discharged or moved. There was no reason why she should not have been in her room. I rushed to the elderly patient's room. It was completely empty. The bed was made, the room was clean, and there was no sign of the woman. As we stepped out of the room, I looked down the hall and saw the plump old man in the black suit and the twisted cane again. He was holding Frosty under his arm. Frosty's eyes seemed to be staring directly at me, and I swear I thought I heard the distant cry of the elderly woman screaming, Help me! The strange man disappeared around the corner. Security was alerted, and they did a thorough search for him, but they found no trace of him or the mysterious snowman he carried under his arm. And the elderly woman was never seen again. Porch Pirate My father refers to me as a 19-year-old, no-good punk kid. He's not wrong. I'm a porch pirate. I scour neighborhoods looking for packages left on people's porches, and I snatch them. Prime time for snatching is Monday through Friday between 1 and 3 p.m., when most people are at work. I tend to only target houses that have no cars in the driveway and appear quiet. When I find a house that has a package sitting on the porch, I pull up to the yard, jump out of the car, make a mad dash for the porch, steal the package, and get the hell out of that neighborhood. Then I move along to another neighborhood at least ten minutes away and do it all again. On a good day, I can nab five or six packages. In December, it's not uncommon for me to come away with a dozen boxes in one day. I've scored some real treasures in the past. Jewelry, expensive watches, top-of-the-line headphones, rare cigars, a fancy-schmancy coffee maker, pricey sunglasses, a really nice scooter, a widescreen TV, drones, luggage, perfume, thousands of dollars in gift cards, and the list goes on and on. This little hobby of mine is not without risks, however. Sometimes people are actually home when I don't think they are and see me take their package. Typically, they're not too happy when this happens. One guy kicked my ass pretty good. My left eye was swollen shut for a week. 
Another guy chased me with a machete, and one guy couldn't catch me before I got back to my car, but then he got in his vehicle and gave me chase while shooting a gun out the window at me. Fortunately, I was able to lose him. The day in question had been a slow day. I couldn't find any packages sitting on any porches in any of the neighborhoods I cruised through. I was about to quit on the day when I finally saw a box on a porch. It looked perfect. There were no cars in the driveway, the house was quiet, it didn't appear that the neighbors were home either. And to top it off, the mailman left the package at the far end of the porch, away from the front door. This was going to be a breeze. I stepped outside the house, casually strolled up to the porch, grabbed the box, dashed back to my car, and drove home. Piece of cake. When I got home, I sat down in my living room and took a closer look at the box. I was disappointed that it was just a plain brown box without a store logo. The label was handwritten and there was no return address. The odds on this box's contents being a dud were increasing by the second. I ended the suspense and opened it. Inside, I found a bottle. It was about the size of a soda pop bottle, but it was solid black and had a cork in it. There was no shipping label inside or any literature explaining what it was. I was bummed. What good was a black bottle to me? I shook the bottle to get an idea of what was inside of it, but didn't hear anything. And it was extremely light. I was confident that it was empty, but pulled the cork off just to be sure. When I removed the cork, I heard a loud whoosh and a stream of black smoke poured from the bottle. The smoke slithered through the air like a snake and seemed to have some form of control to it as it collected into a long, thin cloud in the middle of my living room. Suddenly the smoke began to dissipate as it manifested into a man. A tall, bony man with skeletal features. He was wearing a white suit and matching fedora. He got a good chuckle at how shocked I appeared. Thank you for releasing me from the bottle. I couldn't believe my eyes. You're a genie! He gave me a suave nod. As your reward for freeing me, I will grant you one wish. But I warn you, be incredibly specific. In hindsight, I should have given it much more thought before I made my wish, but I just shouted out the first thing that came into my mind. A million dollars! The genie paused, waiting for more. Oh, that's right, you, you said be specific. I thought for about three seconds before I rattled off the particulars. Okay, I, I, I wanted an unmarked bills, hundred dollar bills, in a briefcase. And I want it right here in the middle of my living room within the next five minutes. The genie shrugged. Your wish is my command. And with that, he strolled out of the house. I stood there for a couple minutes waiting for something to happen. After a couple more minutes passed, I began to wonder if perhaps this genie somehow scammed me. And if he did, what could I do about it? That's when my front door flew open. An average-sized man in a nice suit with slicked-back hair barreled into my house, shut the door behind him, and locked it. He was in a panic. He was covered in sweat and panting. 
In one hand, he held a large briefcase. In the other hand, a gun. Who the hell are you? He pointed the gun at me and told me to sit down and shut up. Far be it for me to disobey someone who was pointing a gun at me, so I did as I was ordered. He tossed the briefcase to me. Hide this. As he turned around and fumbled with attaching the security chain to the door, I snapped the briefcase's latches and opened it. I swear I heard fireworks as I looked down at all those stacks of $100 bills. There had to be a million bucks in that briefcase. Turns out the fireworks I heard were actually gunshots. My front door splintered as it was sprayed with gunfire. The man who had barged into my house convulsed in a dance of death as he was riddled with bullets. He collapsed forward onto my living room floor. I stood up and planned to run through my house to the back door, but felt a sharp pain in the middle of my back, and my legs stopped working. I fell to the floor with a thud. The briefcase hit the floor and the cash spilled out all over my living room. It was a beautiful sight. As I rolled over and attempted to get to my feet, two large Italian men who looked like they were straight out of central casting for any mob movie stepped through the front door. I can only surmise that the guy who burst into my house with the briefcase had stolen this money from the mob. Why he chose my house to come into, I have no idea. I'd assume it was the first house he saw and hope they didn't see him enter. That's my guess anyhow. I'll never know for sure because the mobsters shot me to death at that point. But what I was sure about was that the genie did in fact grant my wish. A million dollars in unmarked hundred dollar bills in a briefcase was in my living room within five minutes of my request. We hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. <laughs> Visit ManiacOnTheLoose.com Sign up for our newsletter and I'll give you some free stuff. We'll see you soon. Very soon. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories podcast, we hope you'll support the show. The show is a lot of work and your support is greatly appreciated. There are several ways you can support the show. Just go to maniacontheloose.com slash support. That's maniacontheloose.com slash support. Thank you so much.